The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. Find out about all of SeaDeck's amazing standard and customizable applications online at www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. And now, it's showtime. The official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. It's the Golden Mike Podcast. With the noise of the North himself. Oh, yeah. Dano, the Mano. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Golden Mike Podcast, everyone. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan Mano, again coming at you from Orlando, Florida, and now it's time for some audio sunshine. This is episode 46, and I'm pumped to have a gentleman I've wanted to sit down with for a long time joining me today. Eight-time World Wakeskate champion, as well as champion of about every wakeskate event that he's ever happened to ride in at least once or twice or multiple times. I like to call him the world's most winningest wake skater. The chief, Reed Hansen, is my guest. I was able to sit down with Reed while in Portugal this summer during the Nautique European Pro-Am during the Wakeboard World Series, which Reed happened to win. We had a really good discussion all about the state of wake skating, his family history, and toad water sports, Thomas Harrell, his viral hands team videos, and more. I do want to give you all a heads up. We recorded this at about 1 a.m., and I just announced three days of action, so my voice is a little bit beat. I was acting a little bit quiet. Uh, It was late. Oh, yeah, and uh, there was a rave pretty much going on outside of my hotel room. But it was all good. It was fun, and I'm stoked for you guys to hear it. Let's talk about some of the events that I've recently hit. I was in Houston for the Malibu Rider Experience in Central Wakeboard Regionals. And the riding was really good. But I have to say, one of the standouts from the weekend was this kid, an Austin, Texas shredder. His name is Rocker Steiner. And if you haven't heard of him yet, trust me, you will. The guy's like 11 or 12 years old. He's already landing double flips on the two-tower cable. Keep your eyes on him. If he keeps up the hard work, this is going to be a guy who's going to be a great pro one day. It was also good seeing Ali Jerome out there. For those of you guys who follow wakeboarding, you know he's been off the water due to injury. Ali was in the house uh, helping coach and drive the boats and judge and whatnot at the rider experience. We recorded a short C-Deck exclusive video that is up on cdeck.com where you guys can check out their YouTube page to check it out for yourself. I just got back from the fourth stop of the Malibu Rider Experience. It was my first time in Boston. We were actually outside of Boston in Worcester, Mass. Uh, it was the Rider Experience in conjunction with the Wu-Town Wake Fest. This was my first time announcing an event in the Northeast, and I have to say it was really good. I wasn't sure what to expect, but the organizers, they knocked this one out of the park. They had so many athletes. I believe over 100 riders competed in the Eastern Regionals. Well, thank you to Mark and his entire crew up there in Wu-Town for having us up, and hopefully I can make it again out there for next year's contest. For those of you guys who are up and around that area or looking to get out to, like, Boston, 
The dates are going to be July 14th, 15th, and 16th of 2017. And I recommend you guys mark your calendars now and be sure to check out this second annual Wu-Town Wake Fest for yourself. I have a feeling it's going to be pretty huge. Now, before we get to Reed Hansen, I want to remind you all, the Golden Mike Podcast is brought to you free twice monthly and is always available online at noiseofthenorth.com. To keep this podcast no charge to you, the listener, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, SeaDeck Marine Products, Performance Ski and Surf, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Boulder Boats, GoPuck, Hungry Boards, SUP, Rockstar Energy, and C4 Belts. Guys, be sure to follow me, tag me, tweet me on social media, on Instagram, my most important feed so far, at Dano T. Mano. On Twitter, I'm getting better, at the Dano T. Mano and at the golden underscore Mike. And if you're not already doing so, be sure to hit the like button on the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. You guys can also always reach me through email goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. On to this week's audio montage. It is presented by O'Brien. For 50 plus years, O'Brien has worked hard to design, test, manufacture, and improve each and every product they make so your water time will make memories that last a lifetime. See everything O'Brien has to offer online at O'Brien.com. So hopefully you all listened to the last episode in number 45, Live at the Masters. It was a ton of fun to record, and we've gotten a ton of positive feedback. Well, this week's audio montage is with many more of the athletes and bigwigs at the Masters. I walked around gathering audio during the banquet at the end of the weekend and got tons of clips. So have a listen, and then I'll be back with Reed Hansen here on the Golden Mike Podcast. I'm here with the general manager of O'Brien Pizzeret. What is your favorite Masters moment? The mystique of being on the lake. Uh, Robin Lake has its own own thing going out there. And to watch the, all the athletes go out there and perform just sets it apart from anything else that's out there. Joel Holly, what do you think makes the Masters so special? Yeah, it's, it's prestigious because everybody knows that it's been going for so long and so many champions have won it along the way. And yeah, I'd say it's the history for sure. Mac Shram. My favorite part is just the atmosphere, all the fans and everything on shore is awesome and just all the cool water skiers and everybody having a great time, so it was fun. One of the all-time greats in toad water sports, one of the most decorated masters, jump champions, rocket man, Scotty Ellis. Dude, you have to have so many memories here. What is one of the best, most standout memories for you at the masters? Well, I'd have to say uh, 1998 uh, was the very first ski flight tournament, and I won that it won that weekend. Um, it was just, you know, not only a new event, but it was my first Masters win. I got the ring up on stage, and uh, I'll always remember that. I'm here with Will Asher, one of the top slalom ski athletes of all time. That first ride when you come in the entrance and you drive around the lake and you look across the lake of Robin Lake, and you see the pavilion, and you, you just know it's going to be a big weekend. You can just tell it has that aura about it. Regina Jacobs, what's your favorite part about the Masters? It's coming out, Robin Lake, the pavilion, and everything, and then the prestige of the whole event, hearing your voice on the water. It means a lot. Brandon Thomas. It's an honor to be here. It's one of the oldest ski contests. So, you know, I think that's something to look at. 57 years, 
That's pretty amazing, you know? J.D. Webb. Uh, you know, for me, I think this is my 12th or 13th Masters, and just having my family come along with me, uh, being here at Callaway Gardens, Nautique, all the sponsors, they always put on such a great event, you know? This event, riding-wise for us, the wake's always massive, and uh, the riding level is super high, so to come out here, walk away with a good result, you know, I couldn't be more stoked. And Caden, what do you think about this year's Masters? Great competition, and it looked like everybody had a lot of fun, so I think it was a success. Standing here with Bob So, and what do you think of the action on the water? Oh yeah, Dan, you know, I'm just trying to put my hand being useful wherever I can be, and I'm also keeping my eye on these guys. They're all good, they're young. They got a lot to learn and grow as far as like, you know, knowledge of life goes, but on the water, they're all crushing it. Taking a podium in Wakeskate, Austin Poles Rock. Oh man, Masters is always such a fun event to go to. Uh, my second year was better, obviously, because I got into the finals. Uh, Dan on the man was the man. Just had to throw that out there real quick, so yeah. Guys, I'm standing here with Reed Hansen, and Reed Hansen went out today, and following his two passes, stuck a heel side 540 off the wake on the wake skate, and I think that was the first year at the Masters. Landing that 540 for the first time in the Masters felt great. I mean, with the crowd right there at the pavilion, everybody cheering as soon as I landed it. It was an awesome feeling. I'm super stoked I landed it. Russell Gay right here with me. Well, I think today was probably my best with uh, my daughter winning for the first time and winning her fourth tournament in a row, setting a course record, and uh, yeah, just a, it's just an amazing day. It's always been a great tournament for me. When it comes to toad water sports, this girl is one of the most insane water skiers I've ever seen. And here at the Masters, she set a course record with a humongous jump, Jacinta Carroll. Yeah, it's always great getting back here to Callaway Gardens, and I came in feeling pretty good about myself, and I knew if I was prepared, I could really put, boost some jumps out there on Robin Lake today. So thankfully, it all fell into place and worked for me. Chief Judge here at the Masters, an all-around wakeboard legend, Chris Bischoff. Dowdy just lit it up in the finals. I mean, we had Reed Hansel with the best trick, a 540. We had Grubb do his signature, just stomping it all weekend long. The girls were amazing. The juniors were amazing. It was, it was a great weekend, man. James Loizel taking his first junior Masters champion. It feels absolutely incredible. I couldn't even, I'm, I'm lost of words right now. It's so awesome. Megan Ethel. I'm super stoked. It was amazing to come out here and win for my third time, especially being able to ride behind the G23. It makes it that much better. Well, his second year in a row, but it's his third Masters title. Brian Grubb, this had to be huge for you. Yeah, man, it was a great weekend. I love, you know, look forward to this weekend every year. And, uh, you know, my parents have been coming up uh, here for the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, that makes it extra special to win in front of them. I'm standing here with Mike Dowdy. All the guys, you know, come and throw down and uh, everyone goes their hardest. So it's really cool to, uh, to be able to walk away the title and uh, have my name next to other legends of the sport, I guess. Guys, he's the president of Correct Craft. Bill Jurgen, and we are back at the Masters, and what an event it was. Bill, your thoughts? What an amazing weekend, Dana. We just had lots of lots of excitement, great weather, great performing boats, and most importantly, incredible athletes. We had records broken. Very exciting weekend. Rockstar Energy. From athletes to rock stars, Rockstar Energy Drink is designed for those who lead active lifestyles. Available in over 20 amazing flavors at convenience and grocery outlets in over 30 countries, Rockstar supports that Rockstar lifestyle across the globe through action sports, motorsports, and live music. Rockstar is the official energy drink for the entire WWA Wakeboard World Series. Find out more info on upcoming Rockstar Energy events at www. 
www.rockstarenergy.com Rockstar Energy Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products It's the Golden Mike Podcast With the noise of the north Dano the Mano Welcome Reed Hansen Thanks Dano, glad to be here Yeah, it's a Golden Mike Podcast man And we're recording here in Portugal Sweet, yeah Beautiful we got Rodrigo in the room right now too. He's uh, he's like uh, like walking towards the bathroom. He's like, "What is it? All right, if I'm in here, it's it's cool, Rodrigo. You you're not gonna bother us." Rodrigo Denoso is gonna get a, a proper podcast. I'm actually gonna close the the 2016 year with Rodrigo. He's gonna get the grand finale. So that's a podcast that I would listen to. Man, so we're sitting here in Portugal, Reed. We got uh, pretty much a rave going on 24-7 outside of our hotel. How's it been affecting you? Um, I sleep pretty good at night, no matter the situation, so it hasn't bothered me too much. I woke up this morning at 5.30 in the morning, and, you know, I'm a guy, I, I've, I've had my fair share of parties in the past, but... Uh, I don't know. They really do it up here in Europe and in Portugal, in Portugal in general, man. They they were going at five thirty in the morning. It was like a punk rock show. It was insane. You didn't hear that? No, I didn't hear that at all. I, I the only thing I woke up for was I woke up for at three o'clock for to watch the NBA finals. Nice. Um, Who's your yeah, team? It was a good time. I I I don't really have a team. I don't really have a dog in the fight. But I want LeBron to win another ring because I think he's one of the best athletes to ever grace this earth. Okay, well, I, I actually saw something on Facebook earlier today, and it was like comparing LeBron to Michael Jordan. People are always doing that, and mm-hmm. it was Michael Jordan being very humble, and then they showed a, a clip of LeBron just being like, I should win because I'm the best. What do you think? What do you think about that whole LeBron versus Michael Jordan situation? Well, I think that at certain points, both of them have been arrogant and humble. They're, I mean, they're both very good athletes, so I think every great athlete is going to slip up at some point because he has a little bit of self-awareness that he is great. Um, and when people tell you that you're great all the time, then you're probably going to think so yourself. LeBron's one of those athletes, though, that people just love to hate, right? It's true. When I tell you I, I love LeBron or that I want LeBron to win, they give me a really hard time. I'm not going to give you a hard time, but I was actually kind of blown away that you said that. I'm not going to lie. But it is what it is. So so who is your basketball team? Oh, well, Magic. But it's hard to love him right now. It's just... Uh, We've been so many in a building year for like 20 years now. So we had, we had that run, man. It was pretty fun. I say we. I'm also from Chicago, so I was a, a Bulls guy for a long time. But mm-hmm. of course, I admit yeah, I was dad, on the bandwagon. My dad had to jump over to the Magic when he moved down here from Chicago. But yeah, I yes. mean, we've had some good teams. Let's talk about it, man. Your family, dude. Your family. You guys are from the Midwest, right? Well, originally. Well, I'm not from the Midwest, but my yeah, my my both my parents are Indiana and Chicago. So you were born in you were born in Central Florida. Yep. Okay, and mom and dad, they were water skiers. Uh, yes, my dad worked for SeaWorld, and he hired my mom as a skier on the show, and that's how they met. Really? So which, I know SeaWorld all over the country and all over the world had ski shows at one point. So where was your dad like located? Uh, my dad, I think he got hired in Ohio first and then he moved down to Orlando, uh, skied for a little bit and then uh, became, was kind of the boss. He skied a little bit, but he uh, more often than not, he hired everybody. Gotcha. So your dad was a show skier. He wasn't like a three event water skier. He was on the USA Barefoot team, but he was more of a show skier. He grew up at Wonder Lake, Illinois, and uh, 
and skied on the ski team there. Yeah, and you guys still have some family up there in Wonder Lake, Illinois. I've skied with them. I actually lived in Wonder Lake for a little bit, and I know your cousins, um, Carrie and Dan Hansen, and, and your cousin Dan, man, he's a beast. He is one of the best. He's the best um, endurance barefooter that I've ever seen, and he actually has also done what I believe is the most intense thing off a ski ramp as well. I one time saw them, the Wonder Lake ski team, they have a practice site and then they have a show site and it's on the same lake. And I one time saw a video of your cousin Dan, they were towing the jump to the ski show. So they had about a a 40 or 50 foot rope with the jump behind it and your cousin Dan cut in behind another boat. And don't try this at home people, but your cousin Dan jumped he hit it and did a long distance front flip up and over the, over ski the boat ramp. that was yeah. towing them. Wow. Yeah, he he landed about eight feet in front of the boat towing the ramp. It was pretty intense. I mean, the ramp they were only towing the ramp at like four miles an hour, right. but that's cool. So I, I guess it runs in the family. Yep, I guess so. Yeah, man. So you, man, so how long have you been on the water? I know in, in your wakeboard bio and your wakescape bio, when I'm announcing for you, it says you're 26 years old and you've been on the water for 26 years. But come on. Yeah, the first time I rode, uh, I was four years old. Uh, that's when I started wakeboarding. I, I think I rode a slalom ski, my parents said, um, when I was three or some kind of two skis or something like that. Uh, but I started wakeboarding when I was four. So I basically wakeboarded from four until 14. And, uh, and I wake skated and wakeboarded a little bit. So I, I started wake skating when I was 13. And then um, when I was about 15, I... I kept the bindings off and just kept wake skating your brother trevor he's also you know a veteran of this of the sport of wakeboarding mm-hmm. uh actually and it was it was pretty interesting you had a conversation with me earlier and told me that trevor beat parks boniface record as the youngest person ever but it's not it hasn't been honored it wasn't honored by the guinness book of world records yeah i mean i wasn't there to, to witness it but that's the the story is is that trevor rode it it was like five and a half months uh, my parents got me on the ski and made him a little custom wetsuit, but they didn't call anybody from Guinness or anything like that. So um, it wasn't legit or anything like that. But to us, it's legit, right? I think it's legit. So let me ask you. So you wakeboard and you actually wakeboarded at a, at a pretty high level. In fact, my first contest announcing was in 2005 and it was the, the U.S. Nationals in Wisconsin. And you weren't a wake skater at that time. You were still wakeboarding. You were in the junior junior men's division. And. You, you were a pretty solid wakeboarder, right? You had a pretty good career going on. Yeah, I was uh, I rode in juniors that year. It was my first year in juniors, and I ended up second on the tour in juniors. So do you remember who else was on that podium? Uh, Philip Combs won it. And I think, wasn't Bob on the podium too or there, No, Bob was uh, a year younger than me, so he was still in boys when I rode juniors. Um, but third, uh, it could have been Ryan Anderson or... I don't know, somebody like that. Yeah. Maybe well, Adam Arrington, I don't know. So let me ask you, okay, so you get into the wake skate thing, and I was working at Performance Ski and Surf in Orlando when I when I found out you were starting to wake skate because, well, I also lived on Clear Lake, and Thomas Harrell from the cassette team um, lived on the lake, and I remember them talking a lot about you and starting to pick you up and, and starting to ride with you a ton. Um, but but getting into wake skating, were you kind of trying to like separate yourself from from Trevor, or did were, did you just absolutely fall in love with wake skating? Yeah, I mean I wakeboarded and um, and I I did enjoy wakeboarding. 
Um, I kind of always did it as a competition, and I never really did it for fun. And I was definitely, I grew up at a wakeboard camp, and I was definitely pushed to ride by my brother and my dad, and it was, wasn't so much for me. So wake skating was purely just fun for me, and I would go out, and it was, I, it was no strings attached. I didn't have to do it to compete anything, do it to impress anybody. I just did it because I enjoyed doing it. And uh, it was on the water, and it was so much, you know, like what I'd already done um, that I started to pick it up pretty quick. So it was always just pure joy for me, and, and I didn't ever expect to get good at it or to make it a career. Uh, but here we are. Were you, were you like a skateboarder before you got no, onto the wake skate? I wasn't a skateboarder at all. I actually still suck at skateboarding. But your tricks, okay, dude, on your bio sheet today, uh, during, we're, okay, we're here in Portugal. It's the Nautique European Pro-Am, and... And I actually had you fill out a proper uh, trick sheet today, bio sheet. You always say, oh, Dano, you know my credentials. I was like, I really want to know your credentials, you know? Mm -hmm. And it blew my mind. You have landed, you landed 20 different flip tricks on a wake skate before anybody else, man. I mean, with no uh, skateboard background, how does that happen? Um, I don't know. I, I guess just getting to know the board I didn't really understand flip tricks when I started wake skating I didn't understand how people could do them so I it really pushed me to want to do that um, and I kind of made it my thing when I landed on a roast cake flip it was just what's next burial flip okay what's next frontside flip and it was just always what's next let's, let's go let's go let's go so I did a lot of work on the trampoline getting uh, my uh, board control right and um, and then yeah just it's a numbers game so you just keep trying stuff until you land it Okay, well, obviously, you have Battle Falls, uh, kind of a, uh, a wake park that you built in your parents' backyard, and you you did that a long time ago. But even before Battle Falls, I mean, you were becoming one of the most progressive wake skaters out there. What did you find yourself wake skating behind most, like the boat or the jet ski or the cable? You know, I get asked this question a lot, and I, because um, I am such a, a well-rounded rider, uh, that's pretty rare in wake skating. If you say so yourself, yeah, and I'll, you do. <laughs> I, uh, I, well, I just really enjoy it. I, I enjoy everything. I, I, I love riding the cable. I love riding drops in the system too. I love, I love riding winch. I love riding jet ski. I love riding boat. I mean, it all is really fun to me. I just, I really just enjoy wake skating. There's, there's so many different aspects to each aspect of what I love. Do you, um, do just you, okay. getting on a big flowy session behind the boat is super fun and getting tech behind the jet ski is also really fun well you got battle falls so do you find yourself just riding your two tower mostly or are you are you still like are you behind other or other disciplines right now like behind the boat or, or jet ski what are you doing mostly nowadays um well nowadays i don't live at battle falls and i have a boat in the backyard so it's definitely the most convenient i probably ride both the most right now um but whenever I get a chance, I go to Battle Falls. I really enjoy Battle Falls. Okay, boat riding. Like, it's it's so great. It's my favorite thing to watch, and I truly believe that riding a wake skate at the level that you're at, guys like Brian Grubb, yourself, Danny Hampson, uh, up-and-comers, you know, like Coco Mendez, and, um, you know, Austin Polterock from California. I mean, you guys are just a whole nother level behind the boat. Um but at the same time, it, it definitely doesn't seem like as many of the pro wake skaters are really supporting the the whole boat scene these days. Right. Well, it's it's expensive. It's hard to ride a boat. Um, I mean, 
when it comes down to it, it costs. Obviously, the cost of the boat, of the boats we're riding behind, is crazy these days. It's hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Not to say they're not worth it. It's an, it, they're an amazing investment. It's so much fun to go out behind them. Um, but I could see uh, being, you know, most wake skaters are. Um, college kids are you know around that age and they don't exactly have that money to spend so if they yeah, are going to spend but, that but money hey, but you've got the jet ski but you've got the boat man and it's not like you're opposed to having these guys over but let me ask oh, you absolutely i have those guys over a pretty good bit to ride so guys guys like ben Horan and andrew pastura and you know all the t- all the top names the guys off the wakesgate tour what would happen if they spent more time riding behind the boat well, I tell them this. I tell them they would probably get good at it and they'd really enjoy it. And they do enjoy it when they come out. Um, I don't think any of those guys don't enjoy riding the boat. Uh, I think it's just, it does take practice and it's time consuming just like riding any other aspect of wake skating. So, um, I don't know. They just don't re- really put quite as much time in, into it as we do. You're a well-rounded waterman, man, and you grew up in that ski school, wakeboard school environment. Your parents, uh, the WWC, they, they still run the, the World Wakeboard Camp, right? Is yeah, the World, the World Wakeboard Center. Yeah, they, they still run that out in Groveland, Florida. And is it just mostly wakeboarding, maybe a little wake skating, somebody wants to come and ride with you? Yep, that's exactly right. So did you grow up doing more than just wakeboarding? Did, did they have you water skiing or anything like that? Uh, I water skied when I was really young. I slalom skied when I was like three or four years old. Were you competitive? Nope. Never. No, I ran the course once, and then I picked up wakeboard and, and never looked back. Do you enjoy other aspects of toad water sports? I like uh, barefooting. Barefooting's fun. Well, I know. I remember, what is it, 2006 Worlds or 07 Worlds, you bombed out off your, you, you know you won, and you bombed out, and you kind of barefooted away. That was pretty sweet, right? Yeah, that was fun. Well, um, do you find yourself, uh, so you're barefooting a little bit, do you ever get on the wakeboard anymore? Uh, yeah, I usually wakeboard about once a year, maybe a little more than that. Um, you know, go bust out my old junior men pass and see if I still got it. Maybe impre- yeah? impress my wife a little bit. Yeah, is she impressed? Yeah. Oh, she likes my air really. I, I'm sure we would all be impressed to watch you wakeboard. You had some pretty progressive tricks back in the day. I mean, you were, you were getting up there. You're probably going to give your brother a pretty good run for the money. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll never know. I guess we, I guess we won't, right? <laughs> so let's rewind it to when you got started. And I want to talk about Thomas Harrell. What what were your thoughts on Thomas Harrell before you got onto that cassette team back in those like mid two thousands? Um, yeah, we were um, me and Matt were riding together a lot, and we looked up to the whole cassette team. Matt Manzari. Yeah, Matt Manzari. Yeah. And we looked up to Thomas, Danny, and Aaron Reed a lot. Um, you know, Thomas was such an innovator and and such an inspiration. Um, as a rider and his style was so good we really we loved watching him and Sfumato and and Decline and just the stuff that he was doing um, was really good looking and, we, and we, we wanted to impersonate that we wanted to incorporate it into our own riding styles and, and just the fact that he wanted he was stoked on what we were doing uh, when we showed him our videotapes and when I went and rode with Aaron for the first time uh, it was really cool being a part of that. Can you like talk about how you sort of linked up with with those guys? Yeah, my dad actually talked to Supra and through a contest in uh, in Groveland, the Fourth of July. He did he did like a contest, like a gravel tour style contest every Fourth of July, and uh, he included wake skating. When I started getting into it, and he got a couple grand from Supra and called the cassette team. 
And thinking back, it was basically like my dad setting up a tryouts for me. Uh, but he called the cassette team and said, hey, you guys should come compete in my contest on the 4th of July. And I got a couple grand I'm throwing in. You know, it's only a couple miles from where you live, so you should come out and support. And they did. Uh, Aaron, Danny, or not Danny, but Aaron and Thomas came out uh, and rode in the contest. And I, as far as boat riding goes, I wasn't as good at boat back then, but I basically had the ride of my life uh, there behind the boat. And Aaron, uh, Aaron called me the next day and said, hey, I want you to come ride on uh, Lake Mineola with me. I want to go, go out and see what you got. So Okay, so Aaron Reed, Tom Shrell, these are pretty blunt guys. These are dudes who pretty much say it how they see it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back in the day, I recall, you know, your dad... You're, he was awake, Dad. You know, he was mm-hmm. pretty serious about the contest stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's and it's no secret that guys like Thomas and Reed back in the old days kind of showed up at wakeboard contests, and I don't know. It seems like they kind of like goofed on them at the event, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, like, how was that interaction between your dad and Thomas? Uh, I think it was a little awkward. <laughs> I mean, I was I was starstruck, so uh, just meeting him was a big deal to me. Uh, so I don't know if I was paying attention to that too much, but I'm, I don't know. I, I, I could see where, where that would, uh, definitely kind of be a, a conflict, um, with my dad and, and Thomas Farrell. But yeah, I mean, they, they got along super good. And my dad, uh, was always very cool with Thomas. My Tom, Thomas was really cool with my dad. Um, we all got along really well. Did your dad kind of like mellow out on the whole, like, well, I don't even Absolutely. Really- I mean, like when you go to a wake skate event, you kind of, it, it like makes you mellow out because nobody's like that you know it's not like as serious or intense as your typical junior men wake dad presence um that we grew up with especially in the early 2000s it's not even as bad as it are nowadays okay so staying on the subject of like thomas harrell how do you think people perceived him including yourself back in the day before you like knew him he was bad at the bone we uh i remember matt and i walking up to him for the first time uh and introducing ourselves and he was his shins were just torn up and uh and we were like oh man what happened and he said oh you know i got a shinner on the wake skate and we were just like oh my gosh he's so cool he's so cool me, me, me and matt were like ranting and raving about it the whole that whole next week did you like go home and like just start trying to get shinners yourself or whatever <laughs> yeah it was like when the skateboarders like scratch up the bottom of their board we just started scratching our shins up just so we could be cool like thomas what, what do you what is thomas truly I, I know thomas and i know how i feel about him and i've got a lot of respect for him you know he's a great artist you know um he's so talented you know i've i used to hang out with him a little bit i, I loved listening to him play piano man and you'd never not the song piano man by billy joel just i loved listening to him play, play piano but people would probably not realize that he was a musician the way he was but how how was he like to you guys like how how could you describe thomas harrell he was uh he was an innovator everything he did everything he touched was like gold like he it, it just became cool instantly um basically whatever tricks he did or whatever videos he made whatever boards he made it was just cool because it was thomas's and and uh he definitely had that impact on on things and it was like that to be around him he was just always cool it was like a byerly um definitely uh, on a on a similar level as byerly in a parks bonifay kind of thing you talk about the innovations and one innovation that it seems like i believe you're still riding is the by level mm-hmm. that was thomas's idea right that was thomas's idea 
it was his uh his invention and and when cassette died i i made a couple of changes that i would like to see strength wise and riding wise but it is very my buy level is very similar to the, the buy level that thomas made can you kind of describe what a buy level is uh it's two boards separated by bushings um i mean you can't have to see one to to figure out what's going on but it um it has separation in between them you're pretty much the only are you the only rider? I, I was about to say you're pretty much the only rider but i don't know this because i haven't been to mm-hmm. a wake skate tour in a while. are you are you the only guy riding by level right now or there's, are there other? Uh, there's a couple guys there's another guy jake ramsdell that rides my board um he kills it on my board he just invented he just did the first switch tray flip at the house the other day he's a very good rider so why don't we see more riders on by level boards and and also at that same token what do you feel is the advantage of a buy level? Um, I really don't know why we don't see more. Because um, I go and ride the boards that those guys ride. And I really can't. I don't enjoy them as much as my board. And I feel like I'm not crazy. And I don't know why more, more guys don't ride them. Um, why do you ride it? I just, it feels right. It just, I've, I don't know if it's just I'm used to it or what, but I feel like I get better pop. I can flip it more consistently. I can flip it faster. I can, uh, it's just more, way more comfortable for me. Um, and I've never felt that kind of comfort from any, any other board. You, but it's pretty cool. You still go out and you try other stuff. You're not like opposed to trying something new. Oh, absolutely. I've always told people I would ride a, I would ride a concave if I could find one as good as my buy level. Okay. So competition wise, you know, here this weekend and throughout the year when we go to these different boat events, you know, maybe at max we'll get eight, ten of you guys on a wake skate uh, behind the boat there. But uh, at wake skate contests, what are the numbers like? You guys are you guys at yeah, the wake skate well. tour? Yeah, you guys are doing pretty well, right? Wake skate tour uh, this last weekend. Um, and where was it? Was, it? it was in Valosta, Georgia, and there was forty six entries, I think. Typically at Battle Falls, there's about 55. Sometimes I think the highest we ever had was 60. So yeah, there's a lot of entries and there's a lot of guys riding that style of setup. Um, and uh, it's really cool to see. So talk about the setup that you guys had at this last stop. And actually, you, you talk about the Wake Skate Tour. And you know, I follow some of the videos, but how many stops are there on the on the tour? Uh, this year, there's going to be three stops. There's going to be uh, the one that just happened, Money for Nothing, at Valdosta. There's going to be Swanee Pro at Nate Taylor's place. And then there's going to be Battle Falls at the beginning of September. Okay, so what makes these contests... Uh, back in the day, there was the Byerly Toe Jam. And then there was the Hippodrome also. Um, what's the like? What's the difference between the Wake Skate Tour and maybe like the old school uh, Wake Skate contest that I'm familiar with? Uh, they're very similar. Um, it's kind of a, a bring the homies out, come... Come hang out, watch some wake skating, and and have a good time. Um, it's very relaxed, and uh, it's really fun interaction for the crowd uh, to come out and, and see some stuff that's never been seen before. It's the way that it's formatted is um, not like a boat contest where you get two passes. You get to ride for like 45 minutes in each of your heats. So instead of seeing the most consistent runs or the most consistent riders, you're seeing more of the best like the best tricks. It's more of a best trick style contest. Um, so whenever somebody does get it, it's it's really cool to watch and very impressive. We're going to put things on pause for just one moment. And guys, we'll be right back with more here on the Golden Mike Podcast presented by Deck Marine Products. 
Performance Ski and Surf in Orlando, Florida is your one-stop shop for all towed water sports needs. As an industry leader for more than two decades, Performance Ski and Surf's pro staff will sweep you off your feet with loads of industry knowledge and the best customer service in the biz. Right now, you can order online from perfski.com and receive 10% off your entire purchase by using my promo code GOLDENMIKE, all capital letters. Whether you're looking for current or closeout gear, Performance Ski and Surf has it all. And right now with my promo code Golden Mike, you just can't beat the deals. Performance Ski and Surf is just minutes from the Orlando International Airport or online at perfski.com. That's P-E-R-F-S-K-I.com. Woodrose is a sunglass company based in Central Florida that manufactures frames from wood and other sustainable materials. With an infrastructure built on a passion for action sports, life on the water, and the love for the great outdoors, there's no doubt Woodrose handcrafted wooden and sustainable eyewear will fit your lifestyle. Use my promo code MANO30 and you'll get an additional 30% off your entire order. Once again, that's promo code MANO, M-A-N-O-3-0 at woodrose.com for 30% Set off everything. That's W-O-O-D-R-O-Z-E dot com. The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the north. Dano the Mano, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. So you're talking about these three stops this year, Valdosta. That's at Ben Haran's house. Uh, Velasta, no, it's at uh, VWC, Velasta Weight Compound. Okay, but Ben Haran also had a, a stop at his old he place, He did, right? he doesn't anymore, but okay. yeah, he used to. But then Nick Taylor, and then you also host one, correct? Yes, correct. And what are the different setups? Uh, Nick's place is about 300 feet long, and it is, maybe a little longer than that, but it is two different drops right in a row. Uh, one about five foot and one about six foot. And... Uh, and then my house is Battle Falls, and it's a, a drop or a rail on the way down, and then you go down to the bottom, stop, and go back up, and you go up the water ramp. Cool. And so, you can do tricks off the water ramp. Okay, and then uh, and then obviously the, Val- the Valdosta weight compound, that's their their setup, which anybody can see anytime. Right? Yep, you can go, anybody can go hit it and, and ride anytime. Cool, so... W- you guys are pretty happy with like the numbers, but are you guys seeing the support from the sponsors and stuff like that? Uh, that's why it didn't happen last year. Um, we had a couple sponsors pull out last minute. Um, just kind of a technical, um, what do you call it? Um, just a communication error basically between the the tour and uh, and a couple of the main sponsors. And but yeah, they're back in this year and and they're super pumped on what's going on and. And basically, the YouTube videos that that come out of the Wayskate Tour is because it's such progressive riding, it, it always gets good numbers. So they're uh, they're pumped. What do you think it's going to take to really get wake skating back up on the map? Kind of, well, like wakeboarding or maybe even like wake surfing is right now. Um, well, I don't know if it'll ever do the numbers that wakeboarding or wake surfing um, will do. I mean, I obviously love it, and I am super pumped to to do it and, and push it as far as I can. Um, but the fact of the matter is it's, it's not as easy to do as wake surfing or, or even in, in, as intimidating 
you know, it's more intimidating than wakeboarding. Um, so, I mean, I think that once people try it and they start to get good at it, they really do take to it and, and it becomes a very addicting sport. Um, but it, it is like getting shinners on, on stuff is, isn't as appetizing as cruising around with some beers on the boat. And it takes and it takes so many time it takes so many tries to like learn a trick right on a wakeskate versus versus a wakeboard right okay so it, you know in the old days there was the animosity between the water skiers and the wakeboarders and now we're starting to see a little bit of an animosity between wakeboarders and like wake surfers I believe I mean I hope it all dies out but. Is there any of that between wake skaters and, and wakeboarders? I think there was, um, and I think it gets bounced around jokingly. I've never uh, been really a fan of it. I, I love wakeboarding, and I've been wakeboarding for a long time, and a lot of my friends are professional wakeboarders, including my brother. So I don't give wakeboarding a hard time, and it's like a big brother, you know, and just... Um, they're all super cool guys. and But that's you, man, and I know that you're... That you're not a guy who likes to start drama and I'm not trying to to have any drama here mm -hmm. but I want to know like the the wake skate community how do they feel about other aspects of toad water sports I mean is it just are they just blind to it and they just don't care or I mean as a whole I think that uh I'd say they're stoked on not like overly stoked on wakeboarding but they're pretty cool with wakeboarding I mean I'm sure there's some extremists with like I'm not going to name names, but there's some people that aren't super stoked on wakeboarders or wakeboarding, and they think they're kooks or whatever. But um, I don't know. I think it's a little ridiculous. I just I like I, I think it would be so cool to see some more of the the wake skaters show up and support some of these boat events. I mean, it's been really great. Nick Taylor's been starting to show back up at uh, uh, boat events and and wake skate behind the boat a little bit. What do you think it's going to take to get some more of these guys out there? Um, you know, that's a good question. I, I have been talking to a couple guys about it and I have seen some interest from, from a couple guys like Ian LeCompte and, um, and maybe even the past year as I've, I've talked to them about coming out and riding with me and, and, uh, they seem excited about it. So I don't know. We'll see. What do you think is, as far as like wake skating goes is like the most similar to legitimate skateboarding you know as far as like like street skating exactly yeah i'd say the way skate tour style drop contest is as close as you're gonna get to skateboarding on the water and what do you think it would take to get more fans there more people more eyes on it um i don't know um that's a good question I'm i mean sure do that. you guys want more eyes on the sport or i mean i think there's plenty of eyes getting drawn to the sport on the web and I think that's kind of the, the day and age that we're in is that people don't do things as much anymore. And it's sad, but it's it's hard to get people to just go out and come out to a, a wayskate tour stop, but it's easy to get them to click on a button and watch it. You know, and that's the sick society that we live in nowadays. But, I mean, that's the way it is. Yeah, it's just, I guess it's just uh, the the way the, the sport is flowing right now. I mean, there's no secret, you know, you go to these events and and the numbers are down and it, it is what it is but i think we go with kind of through like peaks and valleys with these events and you've been around for so long man you how long have you been going to events you probably since you can remember yeah uh my first world was in 99 
Wow. So, is that, that, that I competed in. The first Worlds that I went to was 96. Wow. So. so have you pretty much competed in every World Championship since 1999? Yes. Is there even... I had a blown out knee one time, and I couldn't, I couldn't uh, compete, but I was there. So you're probably one of the longest riding competitors. Who are some of the guys that you remember from back in the late 90s? Um, who are still riding? Bob. Bob Sovin rode with me in the 99 Worlds. We both rode junior boys. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I beat him. It's not that big of a deal, but... Right, right, right. So do you and Bob, like, have this, like, uh, like head-to-head battle or something? I, I remember... Oh, back it? in the day, we would trade off. I would win Worlds, he'd win Nationals. I'd win Worlds, he'd win Nationals. It was, like, a three-year thing we had going on. I remember, Didn't Bob almost start competing or start trying to train for wake skating at one point? Bob is a good wake skater. Uh, he did start wake skating for a while, and he actually uh, lays claim to fame to... A trick that I don't think anybody else has done before, which is a shove it to late kickflip, which is really awkward to do it the way he did it with his front foot. Um, a lot of guys have done shove to late foot, late back foot kickflip, but he did a shove it to late front foot kickflip, and I don't, I've never seen anybody else do it. But you're, so he's a good wake skater. You're a pretty competitive guy, though. Could you go out there and, and get that trick or what? Well, I mean, it's his only one, so I'm not going to go steal it from him or anything like that. But, uh, I mean, maybe. Dude, don't you think it would be good for the sport if maybe you and Bob had a head-to-head battle? You strap on some boots, he gets onto the wake skate, and you guys just went out and see who the uh, champion of, of toad water sports is? Absolutely. I think that we should do that for sure. We've actually talked about it a little bit, and I think it'd be really fun. Here's my idea. We do something like that, but we don't make it traditional. Maybe we do buoys, long-distance wake skate jumping. <laughs> I mean, are you, I had Eric Perez on the podcast, and did you know that at the first world, it was trick slalom and long distance jumping on a wakeboard? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So. That's really funny. How funny would it be if we did like some long distance jumping on a wake skate? Have you yeah. ever gone off a traditional jump on the wake skate? Uh, I think I've ridden off one, one time. Yeah. It was it in Minaqua? Uh, no, it wasn't. It would have been a long time ago at, at my parents' house. So what are some of what are some of like the best experiences, maybe trips that you've been able to experience through wake skating or toad water sports, wakeboarding in general? Whew, I've been on a lot of trips um, via wake skating. Um, I think the Philip, uh, as far as wake skating goes, the Philippines is always really fun to go to. Um, spending a week or two there uh, and being able to ride that setup and ride the full cable as much as you want, you, you can't get much better than that. It's just wake skating all the time and you're and you're pushing your riding no matter what if you, even if you don't want to um as far as just nice travel destinations i went to ireland with supra which was just beautiful we drove around basically all of central and south ireland and it was a it was a really cool trip now your brother's on the supra team too so do you guys get to travel around together do you get to spend a lot of time um with trevor absolutely yeah we just got back from this shoot uh, the super shoot in Montana. Um, and it was really fun. It was really, um, we had a good time there. What's Montana like? I don't, I, I don't really look at Montana as a wakeboard destination. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's not your typical wakeboard destination. It's cold and the water is really deep and, but it's beautiful. Um, 
so yeah, we we got some we got some shots up there for the super catalog and whatnot. We basically went there because it's beautiful, not because it's the best place to ride. But it was really nice to ride. I've heard in Big Sky, right? Snowboarding, uh, skiing out in Montana, it's supposedly like. Yeah, I've, I've heard it's all time. I've never been out there to snowboard or ski, but I've heard you, it's great. Do you get on the snow at all? Yeah, I went snowboarding this last year for the first time in like 10 years. How I got did it? smoked a couple times, but it was fun. Yeah, where did you go? We went to Big Bear. Oh, nice. So you, out in California. Nice. Very Wanted good. to get some serious terrain park riding in, so. Oh, is, is that what. I, I'm not into. Uh, rails or kickers or anything like that. I'm like, I like to keep the board on the snow. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my thing. Okay. But uh, yeah, we, that, that wasn't our main goal. It was, it was to get off the snow. Oh yeah, just to yeah. get on the rails and just get gnar. Yeah, I just hit some sick booters, bro. Dig it, dude. <laughs> at the beginning here, I talked a little bit about uh, you. Twenty different flip tricks on a wake skate that you've landed first. Mm-hmm. What are some of like the most difficult flip tricks that you've done, uh, and maybe some tricks that nobody else has ever done on a wake skate? Um, well, I was kind of the first guy to start doing heel flip tricks. So you start talking about like heel flip, front heel, back heel, inward heel, um, some rewind tricks from there, and then some flip backs. So like heel flip rewind where you flip it halfway with your heel and then you kick it back with your toe and bring it back front heel rewind um a lot of things like that um that nobody else has i don't think a lot of those some guys still haven't done um but yeah it's fun to do that stuff and it's fun to try to create something that's never been done before on a, on a wake skate well wakeboarding compared to like snowboarding there's certain things that you can do because you have a handle is wake skating like that as well um not really it's really all similar tricks to skateboarding um there isn't much distinguishing that's different uh from wake skating than skateboarding so they're all tricks that have been done on a skateboard before when i say invented i mean just copied from skateboarding so what do you how do you feel when people on like a wake surfboard do something and then call it something really goofy uh I think it's really goofy. <laughs> I think that it's probably either a surf trick or it's a skateboard trick that they're, they've brought there. Or I don't know if there's a different name for skimboarding tricks, but it's basically skimboarding. So I don't at, know. at this point, it's almost like it really, I mean, possibilities are endless at a certain point, but nobody's really inventing new tricks out there on a, on, on a, uh, wake surfboard. Well, I mean, it's the first time it's done on a wake surfer, so I, I would say it's it is inventing it, but um, it's it's a reinvention kind of thing. Like a, a wake skate, uh, when I did the first heel flip on a wake skate, I didn't call it a reed flip. Right. I called it a heel flip because it's a heel flip, you know. Sure. Um, so I like in, in a sense, I was the first to do it, but I'm not the I'm not gonna be able to rename it or anything because it's already a trick. So you're a guy uh, beyond your flip tricks who's also throwing down some of the most progressive uh, tricks behind the boat and you just anywhere you ride anything you ride behind and last year in 2015 i was on a a fox trip with you and we were in minocqua wisconsin and i witnessed you doing a switch toe frontside wake to wake 540 one of three different 540 variations that you have right now I do a 
heel side five, switch heel side five, uh, heel side back side five, and switch toe side five and regular toe side five. So who else are, is doing these tricks? Um, I don't think anybody else is doing back fives or toe fives. Danny Hampson has done uh, heel five. Grant Roberts has done a heel five. I think that Stu Shin has done a heel five. Uh, and Drew Daniello did one off the double up a really, really long time ago. So what are some of the, the next tricks that we can expect to see from a guy like you? Like, what are, are you working on anything? Do you think it's possible? Are we ever going to see like a 720 on a on a wake skate? You no, know, I. Is, uh, is it even something that you're thinking about doing? I have tried a couple of 720s. Um, it is, from what I've found, a very dangerous trick because I'm like, one out of every three tries, I do the splits. <laughs> like one foot on, one foot off. Yeah, which is uh, not very much fun, but I have come really close, and uh, I'm going to be trying them this year for sure. I mean, it's a trick that you'll probably land just practicing at home, but do you think, like, contest-wise, we're going to see anything like that? Uh, it'd be fun, but I, uh, it has to be pretty perfect conditions to try something like that, so I don't even know if I would try it in a contest. Okay, so contest, back to this, uh, back to the subject. The Byerly Toe Jam, what made that event so special, even the Hippodrome, which is an event that, that hasn't happened in so long, uh, what made those events so so special, so unique, was the different disciplines, boat, um, winch, and back in those days, jet ski, you're like, you're helping me out here, yeah, yeah I usually have notes, <laughs> so jet ski, I remember even one, one toe jam where I think we had four events, we had a two-tower cable, cable well. set up. Yeah, there was a full cable at OWC. So... Uh, Will we ever get back to something like that, or is everything going to just be these two-tower setups, or are we seeing winches in some of these events? No, I think that we will get back to that. I've talked to Silas about it, and he's really stuck on the idea of bringing um, another boat contest in, and there's always been talks of doing uh, rail contests uh, behind the jet ski, because everybody loves to ride jet ski. Um, and it's really fun to watch, so I, I've always really enjoyed that. Um, and full cable contests are also really fun. So, I mean, all those disciplines were, were really fun to compete in, and I think the guys would take to it a lot. Um, take to it nicely. So I, I think that we will see it again, especially boat contests in the Wayskate Tour. You think that's pretty much – I mean, do you think that could help take the sport kind of to that next level? Absolutely. Guys like Daniel Grant that can ride all the setups and all the, all the different disciplines really help promote the sport. Okay, you just brought Daniel Grant's name up, and I actually wanted to bring him up. Uh, I don't have any notes written down for this uh, this episode today, so I'm glad you said it. I have heard through the grapevine that there are some people that maybe give Daniel Grant a little bit of grief because he's a wakeboarder. Um, is is there any truth to that? Um, yeah, I think there is truth to that. I would have said no before this last stop, but the kid's really good. He's He... He is very talented. He's a very good wake skater. He has so much board control. Like to give you a, a, a scenario here, an example. He had to qualify at Money for Nothing, the first stop. And there was nine different qualified riders that came into the contest or that, that had to qualify. So it's essentially the, the top nine lines of 
the day for qualifying that make it through. Uh, Daniel, if it, if it was strictly on the lines, Daniel Grant would have won 10 times. He did 10 lines that were better than anybody else's. And normally, whenever you compete in, in a qualifying, you get one or two lines, maybe. He did 10. He only fell twice in his qualifying heat. So he just kept going line, 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 line. And he ended up getting second at the whole contest, which I think maybe only one person has ever gone from qualifying to the finals. So it, uh, he's a really talented rider, and, and uh, I think we're going to see some really good stuff out of him this year. He, and he's like one of those guys who just goes insane. Like the stuff that he's doing on a wake skate, I mean, there's wakeboarders who don't even take the same lines into some of these rails that he's that he's taking in uh, or, or taking into these rails and whatnot and I just got I gotta ask you watching him man I mean you're a technician and a veteran and, and how do you even go as far as saying you're I mean you're like a pioneer man you, you've done so much and, and, and watching Daniel Grant how is this kid able you know I, I've called him the human video game because it's like playing Sean Murray's Unleashed, you know? It's like you think of it and you do it on the video game, but in real life, yeah, you can't do it. But Daniel Grant always seems to do the impossible, right? Absolutely. I mean, he was going uh, at Money for Nothing and doing backside 270s onto the rail, which I don't think many wakeboarders would feel comfortable doing that on those rails. And he did it first try, and I don't think he fell on it the whole time. It was just... It just was there for him. And like, I'm sure that a lot of guys could do that trick, but it's scary. And it's, it's a lot of commitment to do it over top of a concrete ledge. And if you catch your lip or catch your nose on the rail, as you're trying to start to spin, you're going to sack it for sure. So, I mean, I'd go as far to say as I'm not sure how he does it with balls that big. So are people starting to gain more respect for Daniel Grant in the world of wake skate now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I definitely, he's got my respect and, and I, to answer your question, I didn't really answer the first part of it, but I think the reason that he's so good at that is so much time on the water. We were talking about it at this uh, last contest, me and Salas were, and because everybody knows that I ride a lot and I, I spend as much time as I can on the water to, you know, to get for, to perfect my skills for the, for the events and just I just really enjoy it. And I've always ridden a lot, but he's been riding about half as long as I have and they were wondering if he has ridden more than I have which we were, uh, you know, the, the conclusion was maybe, like, he, he probably has spent more time on the water than I have. Um, and he's been riding half as long as me, so. The kid is beast mode for sure. He is. He's a tank. All right, so outside of, um, outside of, of contests here, um, you have been gaining a lot of exposure. You've been doing some really, really cool video stuff. And I recently saw you made ESPN Sports Center top ten, and I don't know when the last time wakeboarding was on. Well, I guess there was the X Games throwdown last year, but I want to hear about some of the other stuff that you're doing right now. I, I, you know, I, I watch you through social media, and so I've seen you and your buddy Dante Deganji from from Illinois, a guy who grew up in my area. Uh, you guys have been doing some crazy, crazy stuff like uh, like trampoline, football tosses wakeboard wakes I don't I don't really know can you, can you yeah, talk a little bit yeah, about that? we call ourselves the hands team and uh, we we basically just did it messing around one day uh, we the first day we called it the lake wind advisory because it was like 30 mile an hour winds on the lake and we just were throwing the football in the backyard 
and Dante is like a monkey on the trampoline, and uh, he's super talented. And uh, I'm not that bad of a throw on the old football. Yo, big skin. And uh, so we were, we were messing around, and we made some funny videos with him, Matt, and uh, and my buddy Billy. And they got a bunch of exposure, just those views. I, I mean, I've never gotten that many views on a video on my, on my Instagram. So when he came back down for a week, we said, hey, let's go out and let's let's try. And like, let's not just mess around in the backyard. Let's think of some funny stuff and let's go film it and do it. And that's when the wakeboard backflip catch uh, came into play. And uh, and a couple other ones that we put together. There's actually the YouTube video we made. Uh, it's called Hands Theme. And uh, it's got all of our clips, our highlight reel in there. But you're on, you guys made SportsCenter. We did. Uh, I don't know how, but SportsCenter saw our post or my post on Instagram and they asked us to use the clip on their, um, on ESPN's Instagram, on SportsCenter's Instagram, and they aired it on ES, on SportsCenter Top 10. What number? I, f- I figured, I was number nine. Um, I figured that if I was ever going to be on SportsCenter, it'd probably be for wake skating, not for throwing a football, but I'm pumped either way. So who did you beat out? Who was number 10 that day or that week or whatever? Um, Honestly, I woke up and watched it in the middle of the night because I heard a bunch of people were texting me. Yeah, you're on SportsCenter, you're on SportsCenter, you're on SportsCenter. And I know that they air like the same ones throughout the night. So uh, I saw that text at three in the morning. I woke up, I was at Masters. I went and turned on the TV and waited for SportsCenter to come on. And I just filmed it with my phone. And as soon as it came on, I filmed it. And then I turned it off and went back to bed. So I, don't, I didn't actually watch the rest of the episode, but I was just pumped to be on it. All right, man. Well, dude, congratulations on that. That's absolutely huge. I got one more before we finish up here. Um, it's no secret you're a woodsman. You're a guy who carries a knife on him 24-7 with the exception of while you're flying. I think you store it in your board bag. Um, I, I, you're sponsored by Mossy Oak, right? That's right. So you're not, you're, you're not afraid to be in the woods. You're not afraid of wildlife. And I recently saw one of the posts that you did at Battle Falls. Is it, first of all, is it true that you guys keep a gator in Battle Falls? Uh, I don't keep a gator in there, but they... Uh it's a great breeding zone for um, for frogs. Um, it's really protected from the elements, and there's not very really, uh, many fish in there to eat the tadpoles. So whenever the frogs hatch, it's a lot of frogs. Uh, so the gators hear the frogs and come in. Okay, so frogs, we're talking about gators. There's a video of you going down Battle Falls. I think the, the clip says something on the lines of, just wait for it. You go into Battle Falls, you dive off your wake skate, you're underwater for like two or three seconds, four seconds, and you come up with like a two or three foot gator. You gotta tell me, man, is this real uh, camera tricks? What's the deal behind it? It's like when you watch um, a magician's act, if he were to tell you his act, it wouldn't become, it wouldn't be cool anymore. So I'll just leave it at that. Well, I guess if uh, you folks want to find out a little bit more, you got to go check it out on Reed's Instagram. With that being said, Reed, where can the people go find you? Uh, you can find me on uh, my athlete page on Facebook, on Instagram, at Reed Hansen, uh, or on Twitter, at Reed A. Hansen. Very cool, man. You have anything else coming up here that we should watch out for? Uh, got some more hands team uh, videos coming out. Uh, Dante's going to come back down, and we're, uh, we got a whole plan to film. Uh, another video so we're uh, we're pretty excited about it all right man well dude this is what what i started the podcast for this is like the reason i do it we're here in portugal 
this has been a pleasure, man. I had no notes written down. This is something I've wanted to do with you for a long time, and uh, I'm glad we kind of just went for it, man. We decided to, to stick back. The party's going on out there, and Reed, thank you. Oh, well, thank you, Dan. I'm, I'm, uh, I was honored to be picked on the show, and uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. <laughs> GoPuck is a mountable, compact, durable, and portable rapid charging battery. The technology behind GoPuck started in the indie car racing industry, and now they're bringing their passion about light, fast, and powerful products to the world of action sports. GoPuck allows you to stay connected, capture priceless moments, and most importantly, enjoy mobile freedom. The GoPuck can hold up to five rapid charges. If you know me, you know I don't go anywhere without mine. GoPuck is available at Performance Ski and Surf or online at GoPuck.com. Use promo code MANO2016 for an extra 20% off at GoPuck.com. That's GoPuck.com. C4 belts are the newest wakeboarding accessory to hit the market. Made of premium TPE thermoplastic, C4 belts are waterproof and backed by a lifetime guarantee. Available in multiple colors and designs, C4 allows you to mix and match straps and buckles to create your own unique color combinations. C4 stands for choose your color, choose your cause. Use code MANO2016 at C4Belts.com for 10% off your purchase. Look good, do good. C4 Belts. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano. The Chief, Reed Hansen. Reed had some really good stuff to say, and I recommend you all go follow him immediately on social media to see all of his hands team antics, including the video we chatted about, which made SportsCenter's top 10. I'm actually surprised, though, that the video of him catching the alligator wasn't on SportsCenter, too. Well, I was pretty pumped that we were able to, to make that happen out in Portugal, and I think it added something special to the episode, even though it was a little quiet. But it's all good, right? Well, speaking of Portugal, how about that party outside my room? That was anything but quiet. Seriously, it was like four days long, and the people out there wait till about midnight to start raging, and they'd go till about 6 a.m. every single day. I became pretty good at sleeping with pillows over my head, seriously. It was all good, though. They were celebrating and having fun, and most importantly, the wakeboard community felt super welcome. I'm hearing rumors that we're going back to Portugal in 2017, but that's about all I know so far. I recommend that uh, you guys follow the WWA online at the WWA.com or through their social media feeds to keep up with all of the, uh, the events that are going on. Because next year, trust me when I say, if we go to Portugal, you want to be there with us. Not only is it the mecca of toad water sports out in Europe, but the people are great. The food is good. The wine is better, but the scenery, it's insane. And if you're a surfer, they literally have some of the world's biggest waves. Folks, I am booked solid almost every weekend for the next few months. So if you want to see me or hear me live, uh, let me tell you where I'm going to be. July 27th through the 30th in Atlanta for Wakeboard Nationals. And then I start off August right back here in Orlando for Wake Park Nationals. If you guys are there, be sure to come by and say what's up to me. I'm going to be selling charity yo-yos 
raising money for B Rad Smela. That's right, guys. And I'll also be posting about that on the Facebook page. For those of you who can't make it to those events, I'll give you an opportunity to pick some of those up and help support. Uh, from Wake Park Nationals in Orlando, we had International August 12th through the 14th with Ollie and Raf Rome at their home lake in St. Zotique, Quebec, Canada for the final stop of the 2016 Rider Experience. And then the 19th and 20th of August, we're in Seoul, Korea for the Malibu Evolution Pro Series. From there, it's back to Canada for Wakeboard Worlds. Then Labor Day weekend in Orlando, the final stop of the Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tour. The following week, it's Surf Expo weekend. I'll be hosting the ceremony, inducting the class of 2016 into the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. And then I am back at the Wake Awards. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty stoked about that one for sure, guys. If you have any questions or comments, email me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com or message me through the Golden Mike Facebook page. And don't forget on social media to follow me on Twitter at the Dano T. Mano and at the Golden underscore Mike on Instagram at Dano T. Mano. And be sure to like and share the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. One more thank you going out to Reed Hansen. And now a few shout outs to the sponsors and the folks behind the scenes. Thank you to Sea Deck Marine Products, Performance Ski and Surf, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Boulder Boats, Go Puck, Hungry Boards, SUP, Logos That Pop, C4 Belts, and Rockstar Energy. Thank you to Jenna Hamill on the web and Rich Walsh on the audio. Guys, that's going to do it for today's show. Appreciate y'all for tuning in and listening. I am the Noise of the North Dan of the Mano. Oh, yeah. And you can hear me once again next time on the Golden Mike Podcast.